Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now, new plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now, 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show right here on Legends 810. And the guys behind the mics are the Garden Wise guys. I'm one of those. I'm Jim Borland. The other one is, are you ready for this? Keith Funk. Good morning. And a good morning back to you as well. It looks to be an overcast kind of day, depending on where you are. So okay. there. <laughs> so there. <laughs> <laughs> it your, might be sunny, it might be warm. You just got your weather report here for the day. <laughs> and speaking of weather reports, uh, why don't we talk about whatever the record high temperature for the date is, 88 degrees. <laughs> oh, wow. 2005, record low. You don't want to hear this. What? 26 degrees in 2009, not that long ago. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. wait a minute, 2009, that actually was a bunch of years ago now. <laughs> it seems like just yesterday. What is it? What, 11 years ago? I don't know. Did you carry the seven? 12 years ago. Yeah, something like that. 12. There we 12, go. 12, yeah. <laughs> 12 years ago. That That's... And remember when 2000 like, was a big deal? Uh, <laughs> Y2K and all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something else that didn't happen. Uh-huh. Uh, when everybody said it was going to happen. Oh, well, what are you going to do? What How many people do? listening weren't even born in <clears throat> 2000? I know. Six-tenths of an inch of rain at the house. How about your house? Nothing. <clears throat> really? Guy, we got poured on for quite a while. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. We did have a rainstorm. It didn't last very long, though. But I, the problem is that it comes down so dang fast, it doesn't really have a chance to soak in very well. I know. Ours all soaked in. I made sure of that. Did you? Yeah. Oh, good. I, Would you build little dams around I did, all the property? I did, all the way around so the property. So couldn't run off, huh? All little coffer dams everywhere. There you go. <laughs> You know, you you pay for that. What? That water that doesn't <clears throat> that doesn't um, melt into your soil. True. Yeah, but you see, you're not supposed to restrict it. I know. None of our water runs off. None, huh? No. Okay. I mean, I look. I go out in the heavy rainstorm, and there, you know, downspouts are pouring out, but the water just runs out into the yard and soaks in. That's nice. Doesn't doesn't go anywhere. So I shouldn't be paying that that drainage thing. <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> well, we, they, uh, in, our, in our neighborhood, they just updated the 100-year floodplain maps. Yeah, and you're supposed to be in the floodplain. I don't yeah, understand all, that at all. All of a sudden, my backyard is in the floodplain <clears throat> now. Just my backyard. Well, you do have a drainage way of sorts. Yeah, there's that little, this little dry creek <laughs> on, uh, across the street from us. Has it ever flooded? No, not to my knowledge. But you know, I haven't lived there for 100 years yet. No. Well, maybe the people that come after you will, will be able to tell. Well, so I checked with the city. I said, okay, yeah, now you're putting us, you know, several of us into this floodplain. Mm -hmm. Some of us who don't, who, who have mortgages, I don't anymore, but mm -hmm. some of us who do are now going to have to mm -hmm. have flood insurance. Yeah. That's extra cost mm -hmm. that you just assigned to us. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to mitigate the, the flood <clears> possibilities <throat> in those areas? 
<laughs> because that little dry creek was full of vegetation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't even see the creek. There was so much vegetation. Yeah. There's where you can start. And they did. Oh, no, really? They came through. They had crews <clears throat> working there for weeks. All the trees are still there. Oh, that's a good thing. But all the shrubs and stuff, anything that's, you know, below six feet, <laughs> I think it is, <laughs> um, under six feet tall, was cut to the ground. Of course, it's going to grow right back. Oh, of course. Of mostly course. willows. And you know what happens oh, yeah. when you cut back a willow. <laughs> you get more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So what else is in there? Anything happening in your garden? Colchicum. Yeah, Lots they of are. Lots of fall crocus. Yeah, they're, God, they're blooming all over the place. I must have a couple hundred now. <clears throat> well, the ones you gave me that I planted this fall, mm-hmm. they're, they're popping <clears throat> up everywhere. Yeah, well, I gave you enough. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> the, mine all started from a friend of mine who has a nice patch in his front yard. And he asked me one day, do you want some of these? Because he was digging them up for whatever reason. I said, yeah, sure. So, yeah, you sure. know, I must have gotten, I don't know, 10 or 15 or something. And mm-hmm. Now I have hundreds. Yeah, you gave me <laughs> I learned a, a, a big inter- bag full of them. I learned an interesting thing. Number one, uh, fall colchicums, if you aren't growing them, you really should. Um, this is one of those bulbs that comes from part of the world that's similar to our native landscapes here. You don't need to water them. Ever. Isn't they that come cool? Bloom. That's wonderful. And I learned something, um, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Someone said, you know, if you have 10 blossoms emerging from a spot, because each bulb will give you several blossoms, mm-hmm. but if you have 10, you can dig those up and separate the uh, bulbs. Mm-hmm. And I've done that for, I don't know, twice, three times now. And the last time I came up with a whole box full of, <laughs> of extra bulbs. <laughs> well, they're not cheap either. No, they're not. If you go to the garden center to buy them, yeah. they'll probably cost you. You owe me 100 bucks, by the four way. Four or five bucks a piece. <laughs> well, in that case, 500 bucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, checks I, in the mail. Yeah, I've been doing that. Uh, some of ours are, are watered regularly. And others in the front yard <clears throat> haven't been watered in, well, since I planted them. Mm. And um, they're up and blooming. They seem to like our clay soil, too. Don't seem to mind anything. <clears throat> it's one of those bald people that will bloom if you hold it long enough in your hand. The mm-hmm. bulb, that is. Yep. Doesn't, it, there are no roots on the ones that are blooming right now. No. No. None. No leaves. No roots. No leaves. No roots. Just, just flowers. flowers. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. And then next spring... <clears throat> all this foliage comes up. Yeah. And that's what rebuilds the bulb to bloom right. again the following fall. That's right. No blooms next spring, just, just foliage. Right. So plant them in a spot that you can see them and bloom in the fall, but maybe the foliage is a little hidden in the spring. Yeah. Because it's not the most attractive foliage. No, it's just, you know, green leaves. What can I green say? Green leaves, yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's not so bad. <laughs> could be worse. <laughs> could be nothing. Could be brown leaves. <laughs> so anyway, I, I advise everybody out there if you haven't tried <clears throat> cochicums, uh, spring, uh, fall blooming crocus. They're called. They're not really a crocus, though. <coughs> no, they're cochicums. Yeah, is their name. Right, but they look like a crocus. A giant, a giant cro- on crocus. steroids. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And they're almost all lavender. There are several. It's either lavender or white. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there are several varieties, but I've seen pictures of like. Why would you want more than one? 
They all look the same. Well, the water lily <laughs> one, the double one that has yeah, all the petals. That one's pretty cool. I've, I always avoided that one because I thought it looked kind of like a poodle. You know? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I like the single ones. I planted some of the water lily ones. They, mm-hmm. were, they were spectacular. So well, I'm reconsidering my thoughts about poodles oh. now. Have you counted the blossoms on each clump? No. Think no. you got 10? Probably. Well, then you can dig those up. I don't want to. That takes effort. <laughs> I'm <laughs> saving that effort for other things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> you, can, you can dig those up. However, you had better mark them now. Yeah, or in the spring when the leaves are there. Well, in the leaf, but you don't know if you have if you had ten blossoms on that plant. Oh, that's right. So you have to mark that one, and then when those leaves go go away, go dormant, then you can dig them. Mm-hmm. And that's that, when that's when you find there's no roots on the poles. That's right. <laughs> and then there are the true the true crocus that are some that are fall blooming. Yep. Uh, again, with literally no <clears throat> leaves. Now some of them like sativas or sativas, yep. whatever, yep. the saffron crocus, it does produce leaves in the fall yep. when it blooms. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the others do not, and the leaves come in the spring. But I'm still waiting for my, I think I have speciosis. That's the most common one yeah. out there. Yep. Um, man, does that thing bloom, and it multiplies. It hasn't started blooming yet. It typically blooms in about mid-October. And it's always a surprise, because one day it's not there, and the next day it is. It is. How did you do that? It's just like magic overnight. Oh, yeah. The little pixies coming. <coughs> and they shake their whatever over top of them. And I know. They come. And then poof, That's there they right. are. All right. The rest of you out there may want to talk about something other than fall blooming crocus. And the way you do that is you, uh, <coughs> in your in your dialing device, which nobody dials anymore, we should come up with another verb. You're not dialing. Punch? I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. That's violent. Yeah. 303-477-2473. Those are the numbers you use in whatever kind of device you have. I don't suppose anybody has a dialing device anymore. I wouldn't think so. There are a couple of holdouts. We held out as long as we could. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it one bit. <laughs> until, <laughs> until we made some calls and, and then, <clears throat> then they came up with a sort of a menu that, you uh-huh. have, that no, that doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work <laughs> anymore, No. <laughs> And then you have to get a real person. We'll go get a And that's another hour waiting. Yeah, it is. All right, 303-477-2473. And get in here and talk with the Garden Wise guys. Guess who did that? Steve out in Parker did that. He did? Yeah, good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's going on with you today? Well, uh, I have have had a pear tree for over 20 years, and this has been the most spectacular year, maybe one of the few years when I've actually had production. Uh, some of the pears are huge. Um, I took, you know, I did a lot of watering. I'm sure that <laughs> had a lot to do with it. Uh, but I don't know when to pick these fruit. Oh. Uh, some of them, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what variety of pear it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the pears have started to uh, have a reddish color on the side that faces toward the sun. Uh, I have picked some uh, recently in just one as a test to see if it would ripen indoors the way the ones from the store. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like those I definitely picked too early. They didn't ripen properly. Uh, while the pear is still on the tree, how do I know when it's 
time to pick them. Obviously, the birds, the wildlife hasn't really touched them yet, which is kind of a good sign that they're not ready. Yeah. You know, I don't have any pears on the ground. I don't see damage from birds or squirrels on the fruit that are on the tree. <clears throat> well, Jim, you've, um, there, you've had pear trees. Yeah, I've got a pear tree in the backyard. One of the signs I use is a lot of pears start falling off the tree on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an indication that you're getting close, if not already there. Okay, and and I like the idea of them going red in the sun. That's mm-hmm. another indication that you're you're getting there. Uh, my advice, I guess, would be to pick a couple of pears, you know, I don't know, every four or five days. Take them inside, right. like you said, and, uh, and watch what they do. And right. as soon as uh, most of the ones you picked uh, seem like they're edible and ripe, it's time to pick them all. Okay. One thing I've seen uh, other people recommend is that you take, you hold on to one pear, and and gently lift it up, lift it yep. from the bottom, lift it upright, and if it if it comes off the tree easily, it's ready to go. But if it doesn't want to give, it's not ready. That's a good sign too. Yep. I just so, did that yesterday with my pear tree, and nope, they're not ready yet. So they will actually just break off as opposed to having to be cut. Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh, and is this cooler weather going to stop them from continuing their no. ripening? No. The cooler weather is really good for the improving the sweetness of the, of the pear. Okay. All right. Well, I love pears, and this is just, of course, I'm going to have a whole lot of them at once, probably. <laughs> but but uh, this has been a, an unexpected uh, success this year with this tree uh, just through, you know, weeding, mulching, and watering, and really not a lot of fertilizing. Um, and they typically don't need any extra fertilizer at all. And we had a mild enough spring that frost <clears throat> didn't come into play, too. That, so that always helps with fruit trees. And I had some apple trees that benefited from that situation as well. Yeah, um, yeah it's a good year for apple trees. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm finding that of all the fruit trees that I've had, which were all planted probably like 1998, uh, that the tree that seems to have lived and, and thrived the longest of all of those, including apples, plums, peaches, definitely the longest lived is the pear tree. Uh, so something about the longevity of Yep, they they do last a long, long, long time. Now, is your pear, is it a soft pear or a hard pear? Well, I don't know yet. They're all hard at this point. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Have you you gotten pears before? Uh, Not really, no. Okay. And nothing, and and no fruit that's this large. I mean, some of these are larger than what you'll find at the store. Yeah. And uh, uh, I knew that the way to know that they're ready to eat is because they start to get soft around the stem. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had brought some in, just like you were saying, I'd brought some in and kind of tested them to see if they would ripen properly uh, after being picked. Yeah, and most people don't know that pears are one of those fruits that you do not let ripen on the tree. Mm-hmm. They, have to, they really should be picked early, what we'll say is early, and then ripened off the tree. And then you have about an hour to eat them. (laughs) Not quite as bad as avocados, but pretty close. (laughs) Right, right. It's a very fragile fruit. Um, I do have one other question for you. Uh, The former owner of this property, 
which I've had for you know over 20 years, uh, left me a gift of some crown vetch on the property. Mm. Oh, lucky you! Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, someone planted it deliberately, thinking that it would help to hold a slope, which it will do. Yeah, it was it was really popular back in the day. Uh, the stuff is so invasive, though, and I'm going to have to eradicate <clears throat> some of it. Uh, and I'm wondering what's your best uh, choice of a chemical to, uh, to kill crown vetch. Does it have a lot of leaves right now? Yes. Okay, and have you been watering it? That's the only places that it thrives is in areas that have been irrigated for <clears throat> other reasons. Okay. Yeah, so... Um, as with any other weed killer, any weed killer, the plant that you're spraying needs to be well hydrated. It should not be in drought stress right. for the weed killer to work well. And in your case, you, you, have, you have a lot of choices, really. Um, you, could, you could go with the you know, tried-and-true Roundup. I know it has a, round, it has a, a bad rep these days, um, but I still kind of consider it magic in a bottle. But Roundup is one choice, or glyphosate. There are other brands out there. They're not called Roundup, they're called other things like Super Kills All, which is still glyphosate, just like Roundup. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use a uh, like a regular lawn weed killer, like Weed Free Zone. If if I have to protect uh, grasses, right. right. Well, even if you don't have to protect grasses, if if you just happen to have it on the shelf, right. And um, and you don't want to go out and buy another weed killer, that will work. Uh, also, the uh, Fertilo makes one called Brush and Stump Killer, which is a triclopyr product, and that works really well on 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 tough to kill. And and you're dealing with a tough to kill plant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So one spraying, regardless of what you use, is not going to give you a hundred percent. Right. And then you've got weed. You've got seed to deal with after that. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's not. If it weren't for its invasiveness, it wouldn't be such a horrible plant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Uh, fall is a great time to uh, start working on getting rid of some of these hard-to-kill perennial weeds. Right. Okay. Uh, And the brush and stump killer was what make was that? Fertilome. Fertilome. Okay. All right. Well, I, I kind of figured that the Roundup would probably do the job. I just wanted to check with you guys first because it's, it's going to be a lot of spraying. Now, so one, I want to get it right. Yeah. Well, one, one thing I would, like I said, like I tell everybody is on the round, Roundup or glyphosate products, really on any of the weed killer products, I always go for the concentrate mm-hmm. uh, so you can mix it up yourself. And with Roundup, you'll find on the label that it will have variable dilution rates depending on what you're spraying and how difficult it is to kill. Right. So I would mix it up at the strongest recommended label recommendation um, for that particular weed. If you're killing dandelions, you could, <coughs> you could go with the, the lowest concentration, but you're not killing dandelions. You're killing something tough. Exactly. And then only mix up as much as you're going to use that day. Okay. I don't recommend having it sit around in a sprayer for weeks at a time. A few days at a time is fine, but weeks at a time, not so much. Um, I also use, for some insects, uh, horticultural oils. Mm-hmm. And uh, can those, how long can those sit in the sprayer? 
Is that a similar? I don't actually know. I would think a long time since it's an oil. Right. And not some other kind of chemical. I think my biggest concern would be that it would separate yes. in the sprayer. Right. So you want to make sure you shake it up really good to remix it. Exactly. And, and that holds true for anything that's been sitting in a sprayer <clears throat> for even 24 hours. Okay. All right. I've got some things I want to spray before I bring them in. I know you were talking about the importance of that recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I've, uh, I hate spraying, trying to get every surface of every leaf, but I know how important it is. So I've got to stop putting it off and get it done now. So There you go. Busy time of the year. It is. All right. Well, thanks very much. Well, thanks for your call this morning, Steve. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. We need to take a break. All right. We'll take a break. Let's get out of here so we can get back right here on Legends 810. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that. Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterlizer formulas and created a special winterlizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterlizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. You'll find Fertilome Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise guys sent you. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. All right, we're back here. We're taking your phone calls at the following number, 303-477-2473. Those of you who went out to Jared's uh, nursery last Saturday mm-hmm. got to see giant pumpkins, humongous pumpkins. And I forgot to write down here hmm, what the what the winner was. They broke a Colorado record. I think it was 1465. No, 16, 16? 1687. Oh. Okay. Point five. Why don't I remember that? There I remember the, the grower, Joe Sherber. Oh, well, we all know that yeah, name. We do. 2016, he had the previous Colorado record mm-hmm. at 20... He's well known in the giant pumpkin circles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's, he's God. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun seeing all these giant fruits out there. They, I mean, gosh. Well, if, you, if you're feeling bad that you missed, might have missed the Jared's one, yeah. or if you went to Jared's and are all excited and want to see another one, yeah. Nick's is having their giant pumpkin way off today. Different pumpkins, by the way. Different Appar- pumpkins, Apparently, yes. you can submit them only once. 
Well, I, I don't know why you'd want to submit them a second time because they're, they've been cut off the vine and they're just going to be losing weight. Well, they do. They lose several pounds a day. Yeah. So. Just sitting there. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that that means that since it's been a week, still on the vine for these pumpkins They'd that be are going to be showing, they'll be even bigger. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Yeah, and with no frost yet either, so. True. Yep. So that's today at Nick's Garden Center out on 77, uh, what is that, uh, 2100? <laughs> Isn't it 7711? No, that's, no. that's, that's Tagawa's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 711 is Wilmore. 2100 South Park, or South uh, Chambers, between Mississippi and Iliff. Yeah, well, that'll get on you On Chambers. There. Yeah. Closer to Iliff than Mississippi. Yeah, just actually, uh, just Guat, just Guat Iliff, Guat Evans, and it turns into Iliff, and mm-hmm. then Iliff, uh, beyond two twenty five. Yeah, it's one light, no, two lights, I think, and then turn turn north. Yeah, and it's almost right there. Yeah, it's east of two twenty five. <clears throat> yeah, you know what I said? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> Is there something bright, shiny behind me? Yeah. <laughs> This is also the uh, kickoff weekend for Nick's for their fall festival. You've never seen so many pumpkins in one place. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I haven't, except maybe in a farmer's field. Maybe so, yeah. Big field at that. But, boy, do they have different kinds <clears throat> of pumpkins, too, not the sort of things that you see at the grocery store. No. Orange ones and white ones, yellow ones, white ones, gray blue, ones, blue ones, gray ones, warty ones, fat ones, skinny ones, flat ones, round ones. <clears throat> Some with giant stems as thick as your arm. Yep. It's amazing. It, the, the variety. I don't know how they source all these things. And then, of course, they have all the little stuff, the little miniature <laughs> Jack B. Little and, and Weeby Little yeah, pumpkins. The, <clears throat> these fit in the palm of your hand. Yeah. And then all the, all the <clears throat> really beautiful gourds. Little oh, gourds yeah. and big gourds. Yeah, big squash. gourds. Warty gourds. This is my yeah. favorite. I grabbed, <clears throat> I grabbed one last week, a, a gourd, a little miniature gourd. It's... It would fit in the palm of your hand pretty easily, but it had so many different colors in it. Yep. So I'm collecting the seed out of it, and I'm going to grow it next year. Ooh. Maybe I'll get two. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be many gourds on each plant. Well, that's the the hope. I grew birdhouse gourds this year. I got two. You got two. Okay. (laughs) It takes a long season for those. It does, and I don't know that these are mature enough to even dry <clears throat> properly yeah. but we we shall see they uh they still be big enough for a wren house <clears throat> you can get information on <clears throat> how you can try to grow the biggest pumpkin in the world because mm-hmm. uh, the experts will probably be there we'll tell you how to do it oh yeah and by the way one fruit per plant true yes and if you don't have a, <laughs> a an entire garden Devoted to one plant, don't even try. No kidding. Don't do it on a on a no, trellis either. I, I grew <laughs> I grew one of the mammoth seeds once. <clears throat> I I think I let one seed grow. Uh-huh. And I have a my vegetable garden is like ten by ten. Uh-huh. Took up the entire garden and oh. then and then went further. Easily, yeah. 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 And it completely filled with <clears throat> with leaves and vines and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you let only one fruit grow. I only got a ninety pounder. That's still big well, I mean, for your well, backyard. It, it was. It's tough to move around this yeah. giant thing and 
that took a while to get that up into my truck. And when they're when they're that big, when they're you know these thousand plus pound pumpkins, <clears throat> they start to deform. Yeah, the under se- their own weight. Several of them at at Jared's and I'll probably probably at Nick's as well. They they look like Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh, I also saw the video from Jared's when they dropped it from the crane. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Did the camera shake? Yes, the camera <laughs> shook and debris flew at it. And <laughs> it was hilarious. <clears throat> so you could, that's always fun. You could rush in and get some seeds. Yeah, you could. Yeah. I'm not going to though. I think they clear out an entire block before. I don't. I don't think my out. yard's big enough for one plant. <laughs> um, <clears throat> maybe if you dig up your entire front yard. Yeah. And then heavily, heavily amend it at least two feet deep. And then just turn the hose on and leave it on. <clears throat> and leave, leave it on, and then have a couple of horses come by and you know do their business in yeah. there as well. Yeah. yeah. They're heavy feeders. Hey, our last caller, by the way. Was talking about house plants, bringing things, spraying things, getting yes. ready to clean them up to bring them indoors. Yes, anything that you had outdoors for the summer, like what you might ask. Uh, taro. Okay, sure. <laughs> elephant ears. Is it by another name? Yeah, another elephant ears uh, um, or Colocasia esculenta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Hibiscus. Plumerias. Yeah. Bougainvillea. Yeah. Gardenias. Yeah. yeah. Cactus and succulents. Cactus and succulents. Had a bunch of those in hanging baskets. I sprayed them all down. Yeah. So really anything that you had outside for the summer and are wanting to winter over for next year, whether it happens to be a house plant or it might even be just your favorite geranium. Yeah, could be. Still a house plant or yep. coleus. Yeah. Uh, get them cleaned up before you bring them inside. And boy, the time is getting short now. We're going to have a frost soon. Our average first frost is the 10th? 10th of October. Yeah. Give or take a month. Give or take a month. Exactly. So if you haven't already started, get busy. Get busy <laughs> now. I've started taking cuttings off of my coleus because I'm not going to bring those big honking yeah, monster plants, plants inside. Yeah. Uh, I just take cuttings for next year. Same with things like impatience and geraniums and begonias and what have you. Um, on my plumeria, that always will bring in spider mites. Always. I can guarantee it. So I defoliate it completely before I bring it in the house. And then I still spray all the stems yep. and the soil yep. before I bring it inside. And I defoliate um, fig trees. If you have a, a, a fig tree outside, the, the fruiting type fig, they will always bring in spider mites and or whitefly. And my bananas, I cut all the leaves off of them. My elephant ears, I cut all the leaves off of them and spray what's left, even though you may not think it looks like it be uh, palatable for an insect. Uh, you just don't want any hitchhikers coming in. No, no. <clears throat> so what do you use to spray your plants with? I, this year I used triple action. Triple action? Okay, that's it, a good one. It, uh, it's just something I happen to have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone gave it to me. I don't think I've bought an insecticide in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) People just keep handy because they know, you know, I'm into plants and and they leave town and pack up and they don't want to take that with them. Mm -hmm. They they think I want it. Well, I have my special chemicals that I keep for, for, you know, desperate situations. I get a few of those too. Yes. I'm all out of Temic though. Oh, are you? (laughs) Well, I still have some Saigon and some Kelthane that I'm guarding 
religiously. Religiously. Right. They're, they're not outdoors. They're not even in the garage. <coughs> they're carefully, hermetically sealed, <laughs> climate-controlled. In a safe in your cellar. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> but what I've been using this year, again, it worked so well last year, was that uh, Bayer 3-in-1. 3-in-1. Yeah. yeah. And the reason I like it so much is it's a fungicide, it's an insecticide, <coughs> and a miticide. Yeah. A true miticide, one that's specifically for mites. Yeah, it actually works, too. Yes. And uh, all of those things, including the miticide, are at least slightly systemic. The fungicide and the insecticide are very <coughs> systemic into the plant, into the foliage. Yeah. The miticide is what they call translaminar, which means Ooh. it penetrates into the plant cells of the leaves <coughs> A few cell layers thick, a yeah. few cell, cell layers deep. And the reason I like that is because then it can't be washed off with rain or water and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's what I use is the Bear 3-in-1. And uh, it's a liquid, and you spray it on. And again, buy the concentrate. You may want to, <clears throat> if there's enough time left, spray your plants outside. We, do, we both do this outside. Oh, yeah. Because some definitely. of them stink and some of them don't. The three-in-one uh, doesn't. And, That's and, nice. And wait a week and then spray it again. Exactly. Wait a week. Because a lot of these things don't work on the eggs of these True. creatures we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And the eggs will hatch and now you have a new... <sighs> A new herd of those insects coming yes. in. <laughs> and then check your plants throughout the winter because, you know, you probably missed a spider mite or two. It only takes one. Oh, my gosh. And and you, you kind of get lulled into this false sense of security I after know. a month or six weeks in the fall. Once you've got them all inside and you're checking them on a weekly basis, did I miss anything? Is there anything there? And after about a month or six weeks and you don't find anything, I'm good. Everything's yeah. clean. Yeah. And then and one day. <laughs> and then two months later. <laughs> you can to say, how did I miss that? Where did all those webs come from? <laughs> what are that, what's that flying dandruff? covered in aphids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, happened to me more than once. Yeah. And then that's when you wait for a warmish day. <laughs> plant goes back outside again. Or in the garage. That's another good place yeah, to do it. To, you know, the car can sit outside. Yeah, I can. <laughs> and then you can spray them in the garage right. and let them sit out there. So for, if you have any questions about that, why well, give us a call at 303-477-2473. There you go. So let's get back out to the phones. We've got Jimmy and Parker waiting to talk to us. Good morning, Jimmy. Hey, wise guys, how you doing today? All right, great. Thanks for calling. Hey, that's okay. I call you guys all the time when I have a problem. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sorry you have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, hope you can hope hopefully you can solve it. Yeah. My my problem is this: I have a swarm of yellow jackets underneath my willow tree, been swarming there for the last month and a half or so. But also now I got these small black bugs crawling out of the grass, crawling over my fireplace, crawling everywhere. Um, you have any idea what's going on with that? Well, I I I can give you a, probably what's going on with the yellow jackets. Uh, you said it's <coughs> under a willow tree. Willows yes. are notorious for having aphids, and aphids produce a sticky, clear liquid that's very sugary that the yellow jackets absolutely love, especially this time of year. And that's okay. so your your problem with the with the yellow jackets is probably because your tree has aphids. Okay, now is that you think that's what's crawling little, little black bugs that are crawling? No, that's a different grass. animal. I'm trying to think what would that be? Little black bugs. <clears throat> yeah. 
How little? Small like aphids, I guess. Real, really, really tiny. I mean, they're, they're crawling over my water holes, um, up on the fireplace, heading towards the house. And they're black. Um, and they're black, yes. Well, it could be aphids, but usually you don't <coughs> see them except on the plant itself because they're pretty weak. They, yeah. they don't really crawl well. Well, these, these are crawling. Um, uh, they're only in the, in the lawn that's on the part of the underneath the, you know, the willow tree, you know. Uh-huh. So that's why well, I was trying to, con- I was thinking it was connected together. Do you think, my, Jim, do you think it might be that they're falling off the willow tree onto those surfaces? Yeah, but even at that, I can't think what they might be. Yeah, they're, they're all falling off the willow tree, I think. Well, willow um, get I'm, black aphids. Yeah, they do. You could you <clears throat> could gather some up into a Ziploc baggie. I know that sounds kind of gross, but that, just to be on the safe side, gather them up, put them in a yeah, Ziploc I could, baggie. I could have my wife do that. Okay, <laughs> sure. There you go. Delegate. I like a man who delegates. <laughs> and uh, take it into your local garden center and have them give them a, a positive ID. Yeah. But I'm I'm thinking we're probably just aphids that are falling off the willow tree and are crawling around trying to find something to to feed on. Oh, well, they can't feed off the house because they crawl on the house, too. Yeah, well, they're not going to eat your house. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> you can hose them off, but uh, get, a de- get a definite ID on them before you go any farther to make sure. But, uh, you know, something like Bonide 8, E-I-G-H-T. Right, that, right. That's a really good general purpose. You practically don't have to know what the bug is, and it'll take care of it. Okay. I didn't really, really want to kill all the yellow jackets because, you know, they're... They're not bees, but they do do their. Well, they're gonna you know. <clears throat> they're gonna disappear once we get a couple of good hard frost. Yep, and okay. that'll be it. In they fact, they'll all die except maybe a queen. queen. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right, guys. Um, I kind of, you know, figured with the sugar is good because it is the, the stuff is on, on my willow tree. It is very sticky. Okay. Yeah. 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 There but you this go. Is the first year though, I seen that. I I planted that tree twenty years ago. This is my first year. Okay, I've seen that. Yeah, that's par for the course. They they par found the your course. tree. Okay. So oh, yeah, what you can do, if you don't like to put sprays up into your tree, if you don't want to kill the yellow jackets, that sort of thing, you can use a product that you apply to the soil around the base of the tree. Uh, Fertilone makes one called <coughs> Tree and Shrub Soil Drench. Okay. And you just apply that to the soil, and the tree soaks it up or grabs it from the ground and takes it up into the tree and that'll kill the aphids as well but it's very slow you know it only moves up the tree about a foot a day so this would be if you treated it this fall this would be for next year okay all right uh-huh. i want to try every, anything and okay. it'll and you only have to do this once a year so okay. you know one application you're good for 12 months so you know fall application is great you're protected next spring as soon as the tree leaves out you're already protected all right, I try that, and also I'm gonna go wake my wife up and have her gather. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Put well, you might. Like that. I don't think it's quite that desperate. Of th- you don't have to wake her up. Wait until she gets up and has a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta wake her up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. You're a brave man. Thank you very much. Uh, you thank bet. you. Hey, I gotta make one mention here of something we post on Facebook. Um, we, we put odd things there. At least I do. Um, but there was this, I put a posting up there of a collage of hibiscus flowers. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable flower. And I keep saying this when I mention these, 
the unbelievable tropical hibiscus flower colors they're coming yeah. out. Yeah. And they're getting close to blue now. Well, we got brown. <clears throat> got brown, almost black. Ones that you would swear are silver. Gray. Or Some silver, are almost yeah. gold. Mm-hmm. And what other color? I mean, reds and yellows, of course. And multi, now not only two colors, but three and four colors in a blossom. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And they're starting to develop varieties <laughs> that the flowers last more than one day. Yeah, they're up to two Two now. days. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a 100% increase. It, it is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, check that out. I mean, just... Of course, none of these are available in, in a garden center anywhere near us. Probably the closest garden center they're available is somewhere in Thailand. <laughs> or Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii is tough to get things into the country or into, yeah. the, into the state. Yeah. Well, well they, they're strict. I'm assuming this is all uh, breeding. Oh, yeah. Stuff oh, produced oh, from yeah. seed. It doesn't happen on, on its own. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't think there's any, any genetic engineering done here either. I think it's just all natural breeding. Well, yeah, and that's engineering on its own. Which means there must be a couple million people breeding them <laughs> <laughs> to come up with these kind of varieties. And I just, I'm, I'm really taken. <clears throat> Even the ones you think are ugly, I'm, 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 I'm taken with those too. Well, the, just the, the fact that they have that much genetic diversity <clears throat> in the plant to produce all those colors and is why, amazing. Why now and not a hundred years ago? I don't know. I don't know either. What are you asking me for? All right. Well, you're one of the experts here. Oh, all right. If you say so. so. All right. Uh, we have people on the line. Yeah, but we have to take a break first, and then we're going to go. So, uh, we're going to go talk to Tolene out in uh, Aurora about an oak tree. But we have to take a break first. All right. We're taking a break. Uh, it'll be a short one. We'll be back with your questions and our answers right here on Legends Eight Ten. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton is the place to be to get ready for the season. You'll find everything you need for this time of year, whether it be pumpkins, gourds, corn stalks, straw bales, tree wrap, rose collars, and winterizer for your lawn. The pumpkins you find at Jared's are great, not the cookie cutter kind you find at the supermarkets or box stores. They are locally grown and quite varied in size, shape, and color. Some even have warts. There are carving pumpkins, pie pumpkins, wee and jackby little pumpkins, plus colored or Cinderella pumpkins. Of course, there is a nice selection of locally grown mums and pansies for live fall color. Jared's is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue in Littleton, open 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Bring the kids or grandkids and let them enjoy Jared's Galleria of Ghouls, Maze, and Corn Pit. There is no charge for these activities, and kids love them. Visit them online at jaredsgarden.com. All right, we're back taking your garden questions right here on Legends 810. And uh, having said that, why don't we go out here and, and talk at someone? Okay, next up would be Tolene out in Aurora. Good morning, Tolene. Good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. Thanks for calling the wise guys. What can we do for you? Okay. A uh, couple of years ago, I called you about my red oak and asked why it wasn't having acorns. And you said the frost would pr mm -hmm. probably kill the mm -hmm. flowers. Well, mm -hmm. this year, I had flower tassels everywhere. Uh -huh. Right. I was raking flower mm. tassels. Oh, boy. I don't see any acorns. Hmm. 
Well, I know on oaks they're no they're not male and female trees. They produce both flowers on the same tree, don't they, Jim? They do. And yeah. I'm wondering if we didn't have a frost at uh, <coughs> at that at that time or shortly after the tassels fell. How good is your eyesight? <coughs> <laughs> not <laughs> but i do have binoculars okay yeah because they if you had acorns they'd really be showing up this time of year is it an older tree well you had flowers so you probably should be uh, old enough to produce oh oh yeah definitely old yeah enough. i i have a, an oak tree in the front yard and i don't think it has any acorns this year now we have acorns on the oak trees at nick's in the in the nursery in the pot right. yeah those were grown yeah. somewhere else well that's true yeah, but um, I would think that if you're going to have them, you'd have them this year. We had a really clear spring. We didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, we did. I, I'm trying to think. <clears throat> we don't. I I can't think of another oak tree. Well, I might think of one. I just thought one in our entire neighborhood, and so I haven't been noticing <clears throat> acorns falling all over the place. Now, last year was a good acorn year for my oak tree, and this year, no. So they are self fruitful. They self pollinate. <clears throat> oh yeah, self. Okay. Self-pollinating. Okay, yeah. so you don't have to have another no. oak tree nearby. Well, um, I, and I kind of watched the weather yeah. to see if it got too cold for it, and it, I didn't think it did, but, you know, you never know, because we tend to be colder than DIA. Yeah, and it, it takes only one night. Yeah. Yeah, one night of, and I don't know what the magic temperatures are, <clears throat> for some flowers, it's like 28 degrees, and others, I suspect, um, it's it's higher than that. Okay. So you know, maybe next year. <laughs> well, I would I wouldn't give up hope yet this year. There might be some hiding up there that you just can't see. Okay. Well, yeah. I've read one place where it said they were up, usually formed in the top. Is that correct or? Oh, I think it depends on the species. I don't know about that particular species. I do know about my particular species, and uh, they produce fruit, you know, all the way from the, what I'll say is the bottom all the way up. All right. What kind is yours? I have a Gamble's oak. That's our native oak. Yeah, okay. All righty. I appreciate the information. Okay. Thanks for calling. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. I must say I have other oaks as well. They're not tree form. They, you know, they never get to be tree form. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I have ever seen acorns in any of them. And I know they're old enough. Sure. Why not? What are you doing wrong? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. <laughs> well then, they're, I, they're I, mules. I don't do anything to them. They're mules. Then. I don't even water them. <laughs> <laughs> or my or my gamble zone. Don't water that either. Yeah. Yeah. And it's doing just fine thank you very much i only have one oak it's that holly-leafed oak <coughs> mm -hmm. i can't remember the species on those i mean i'm sure it's a hybrid but it's it's um in the live oak group i believe turbinella maybe turbinella angelata that, that's I don't one know. Of, well it's another native oak yeah. we have <clears throat> but, but it's practically evergreen yes yes and it's got these little you know, small leaves, little small mm -hmm. ones, little mm -hmm. small ones. Little small know, ones. That look like holly leaves. Tiny little. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're kind of sharp, too. Oh, my gosh. I don't like to get too close to it. Yeah, especially when they Pick dry. Them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm treating it as a small 
As a large shrub or a small yeah. tree. Yeah. Yeah. And should it get too tall, this is one you can cut to the ground and come back up again. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. My Why gables not? oak yeah. do the same thing. Cut it down, it comes back up. Well, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> cut and come again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, let's see. Linda out in Lakewood is waiting <clears throat> to talk to us about Japanese beetles. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. I have a question <clears throat> for you. My lawn, periodically, these little brown spots will pop up and appear. And at first I thought they were pea spots out by the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And then I'm noticing, and those could be, I'm not sure about it, but I'll have um, irregular-shaped little spots just all of a sudden appear, like maybe a fat L shape or a, not necessarily a perfect circle. And is there a sign like that that tells you there's Japanese beetle eating the roots of your lawn or... Somebody told me it could be a fungus, so I don't know what it is. When did you first start seeing these symptoms? A um, couple of months ago, I saw maybe two in the backyard, and then they went away. And then recently, I've seen some other spots pop up, like in my front yard. Uh-huh. My neighbor has none. But they treat for Japanese beetle. So I was beginning to wonder, hmm, well, is one, the Japanese beetle eating the roots or is it fungus? One thing that you can do, to, I doubt if it's Japanese beetle given the symptoms you're giving me. Mm-hmm. But one thing you can always do is to go out there and grab a hold of the dead grass. Right. And lift and see if it comes up like carpeting. Okay. And if it, but if it's still attached, if it... If it if it pulls back, you know, if it doesn't you let really you pull it out, to, then... You have to really tug on it? Yeah, then it's not Japanese beetle. Okay. I, I suspect as those, those uh, spots, they sort of disappear on their own? Yeah. And do they have a dark green ring around them? Not that I know of. Oh, they okay. just come up kind of straw, or they turn straw yellow. Uh-huh. And... I believe, I haven't checked because I haven't been home for a while, but um, I believe the ones in the backyard just kind of disappeared on their own. I'm thinking what you're describing is dollar spot. What do you think, Jim? Mm-hmm. Which is I've a fungal. It's yeah, a fungus. it's probably a fungus. Okay. And, and typically the grass will recover on its own, but it is often a sign that the, that the lawn is needing to be fertilized. I just did that. Okay, good. <laughs> About a week ago. Good. Um, I'm looking at some of the ones in the backyard now, and um, uh, it looks like there's green grass coming up through the dead spots. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's going to recover on its own. Do I need to do anything? Oh, if you wanted to take a little... If you want to take a little rake out there and rake up that matted dead grass so that oxygen, air, and so forth can get down into the soil, right? that will help a lot with uh, regenerating the new grass. Um, I was also going to ask you, do you have rabbits? I have walled them off in the backyard. Okay. I have wired them out. Good. Because they, they can also cause those sort of urine spots. Right. That, oh, okay. They yeah. might have done that out in the front. 
but I have walled them off in the back. But normally with, with urine spots, whether it be rabbits or dogs or what have you, as the grass recovers, you'll notice around the dead area, the grass is darker green than the rest of your lawn because of the fertilizer from the urine. Mm. So that, that's usually a dead giveaway as far as a urine spot. Funguses okay. don't do that. Okay. Um, is there anything you can do to, to not have the dollar spots other than fertilizing? Yeah, I would just make sure you, you stay on a nice regular fertilizing regime and, um, and keep your lawn well watered. Don't let it go really dry between waterings if you can. Motol. Mm-hmm. Motol. <clears throat> And uh, and also dollar spot I see often that comes into areas where there's a lot of foot traffic. So compaction can be an issue there. So, you know, having the yard aerated maybe in the fall or the spring would be a helpful thing as well. Okay. So you don't think it's Japanese beetles? I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. No. Okay. I mean, you can go ahead and treat you can go ahead and treat for Japanese beetle. <clears throat> I yeah. mean, they, that now isn't is the time, right? Yeah, that is. Yes. This isn't it, that is not to say that you don't have Japanese beetles, mm-hmm. but we don't think it's causing this particular problem. If if you had Japanese beetle, adult <coughs> Japanese beetles on your plants this summer, did you have? Did you see them in your I yard? I didn't have very many. Okay. Um, I have some mini roses off my front porch in my flower bed, and I really didn't see Japanese beetle, but my. <laughs> My neighbor had, you know, the big beautiful roses from Ectors, and she was out there almost every other day picking them. Oh off. yeah, yeah. Well, the way I look at it is, if, if you've had, if you've seen adult Japanese beetles in your yard, you more than likely then have Japanese beetle grubs in your lawn. Mm-hmm. Simply because if the adults are there in the summer, more than likely at least some of them are laying eggs in your lawn. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I. Forget. Um, is it the granule grub killer that you put down? Yeah. Yep. Now and make I sure whatever you're using, whatever brand it is, uh-huh. it does say grubs on the label because you need something that is designed or you know, formulated in so that when you water it in, it goes down into the soil profile where the grubs are and doesn't stay up at the surface. Okay. And it'll what it will it say that on the Label or yes. Yeah. It, it'll it'll either have a picture or <coughs> it'll have grubs uh, on the on the front label uh, for grub control. Yeah. Okay. Many of them have pictures on the on the bag itself, mm-hmm. and you'll look across the picture and say, "Yep, that's a Japanese beetle," and therefore that ingredients in there will will take care of it. And okay. other grubs you might have too. It doesn't say Japanese beetle though on the bag necessarily. <coughs> it probably it will. It probably will. It probably okay. will now, but uh, it doesn't necessarily have to. It just has to say grubs. Okay. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. You bet. You bet. Thanks for calling. Uh huh. <coughs> bye bye. Well, it's going to be a problem that's with us for the rest of our lives. I'm afraid so. Some years are going to be worse than others. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Nature this, of the beast. This year was a really light year yeah, for me. me too. I did have a few, but I think I only had to spray a couple of plants. I didn't spray the whole yard. I just had to spray a couple <coughs> of plants that they were bothering, and they, they went away. Yep. So I was happy about that. And then some plants, I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and some plants, 
you know you're going to have to spray for the rest of your life. So just get rid of them now. <laughs> yeah. Put something else in there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I wish it was that simple. Yeah. No, well. Okay, we've got another caller to go out to uh, before the top of the hour. We have time, don't we? Okay, great. Let's go see what Tom's up to out in Denver. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. What's going on with you? So I've got uh, what appears to be elm leaf beetles in a tree in my backyard. I used a insect identifier <clears throat> app to find out okay. uh, what they were, and they just seem very invasive. All the leaves on the tree have tiny little holes in them around the veins, Yep. Um, and the bark of the tree is beginning to look like it's kind of blackened, almost like it was burned. I'm not sure if there's a remedy for these or if the tree is just going to, I don't know, continue to bring them back. Is this an elm tree? I'm not positive. I'm not positive. Okay. Um, Because elm leaf beetle only attacks the elm trees. Okay. And it does skeletonize the leaves. And the leaves stay on the tree and turn brown and have the, all you see left is basically the veins. Um, Right. It should, should not affect the bark on the tree at all. No, uh-uh, they don't bother the bark at all. Can you describe the? Uh, can you describe the size of your uh, the leaves on this tree? Um, maybe about two inches. Mm. Yeah, I don't I am, know. Uh, I'm at, I don't ahead. know why you're seeing blackening of the bark, but I think what I would do okay. is take the tree, take take a. A branch, a small branch with leaves on it, and and to your local garden center, and have them identify the yeah. tree for certain. Or use there's there's plenty of um, uh, apps that you can download. Uh, Plant Net is one that I use, <coughs> and and th- that will identify the tree for you, just like the insect identification that you did. Yeah. Uh huh. But this is, I think, it's too late to be treating for elm leaf beetle. Yeah, at this I don't. Point. I, They're done. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're done for the year. <clears throat> Do you still see any okay. beetles? Yeah, oh, still there's still a lot of them. Oh, if you can, take a, a small branch with a couple of beetles and put those in a plastic bag and seal it, and take it to a garden center. Okay. Yeah. And is there a remedy for that? If it is what I think it may be, or well, it like he said, it it's a little late, you know. And uh, today's the second uh, in exactly eight days. We're gonna have a frost. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the leaves were yeah, leaves are gonna start falling off anyway. So you know why bother now? Well, you could you could right. put down the soil <clears throat> drench. <clears throat> yeah, you could. You could do the soil drench this time of year to protect the tree for next year, because the those okay. leaf beetles. Um, they can go through as many as three generations in a summer. Yeah. It's one of the oh. few insects that both the both the larvae and the adult beetle feed on the leaves. Yes. So if you put the the soil drench down now, uh, the, by the by springtime it'll be clear to the top of the tree and it should protect the tree for a year. Okay. okay. What's that soil drench? Yeah, tree and shrub soil drench. Tom, we've got to get out of here okay. for the top of the hour, but thank you for your call this morning. Go for it. Thanks, you guys. And other calls coming our way after the top of the hour. We'll be back real quick right after this on Legends 810.